0: back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. I'm very grateful to you for listening to this segment. I'm very much looking forward to this conversation. I'm joined in studio by a former governor of Massachusetts. Now, it's not the one you think, Dominic Romney. Uh, Here sitting with me is former governor Bill Weld, who is running for president as a Republican. Sir, how are you?
1: I'm great. It's always terrific to be back in the uh, best small city in America. Back. What's your prior experience here? Well, I ran uh, in the 2016 cycle, and uh, our campaign was headquartered in Salt Lake City. Very good. Uh, referring to your time running alongside. As, I was running Libertarian. Libertarian for VP, along with uh, my fellow former Republican Governor Gary Johnson of New Mexico. Sure. Uh, Bill Weld, uh, you are Oxford and
0: Harvard educated. Uh, You served as legal counsel to the House Judiciary Committee during the Watergate saga. uh, Later appointed U.S. Attorney for the District of Massachusetts by Ronald Reagan. Then in 1990, uh, your career took a turn. You successfully ran for governor of Massachusetts uh, as a Republican. Uh, And your success marked for the first time a Republican uh, governor ascending to that position in some 20 years. You were reelected in 1994 with uh, remarkable margins. And then uh, another pretty interesting turn in your career. In 2016, you teamed up with former New Mexico Governor Gary Johnson as his running mate in the presidential race. But then, as you pointed out, you uh, were a member of the Libertarian Party, and while that effort was unsuccessful. You, during that presidential run, received
1: 4.5 million votes. That's nothing I think to I think we did triple the previous best uh, showing uh, of the party, but we were somewhat disappointed because we didn't get to 5% of the total vote, which would have given us a majority party status. We, we made... Uh, the uh, sort of poisonous relationship between the R party and the D party, one of the centerpieces of our campaign. And we said, hey, we might be better served uh, with some other entrance here. So it's not, uh, you know, not doesn't have to be an R or a D because one party is fiscally conservative and socially liberal and the other one, or uh, we are. And uh, neither of the other two parties represented that mix of policy positions. Sure. In... Early uh, 2019, you made an announcement
0: that you would be returning to the Republican Party uh, running for president, this time at the top of the ticket. And uh, you've done relatively well so far. Uh, Following the Iowa caucuses, you came away with a delegate. Uh, first time since what ninety six uh, that uh, that someone in your
1: position has, has pulled that off that, that was a fluke we we got you know we were there for a few days, and I must say everyone loved seeing us in Iowa because they 'd never seen anyone quite like me before. It was like I was the two headed cow at the Iowa State Fair, so we were well received well, What were they seeing and how was that reception well we uh, we just uh, I went with my wife Leslie, as I usually do, and uh, we were something of an oddity. Uh, And, uh, you know, I'm running as a Republican against uh, the president. So uh, they they heard things that they usually don't don't hear in those parts. Sure. And they received you well, you say? Well, they were very, very friendly. Jim Leach, who's a former 30 year congressman uh, from Iowa and was chairman of the House Banking Committee, um, endorsed me and went around with us. And he's like an iconic figure in Iowa. And I'm sure that's part of the explanation for our relative success. Following the Iowa caucuses, of course, the New Hampshire primary, where you
0: earned nearly 10 percent against President Trump's 85 percent.
1: Yeah, 10 percent. You know, I'd I'd hope for better, frankly. And we have uh, 14 states coming up on Super Tuesday on March 3rd, including uh, Massachusetts, Vermont, uh, Utah, Colorado, California. There's a lot of interesting states there.
0: The morning after Super Tuesday, what do you predict the results to be?
1: You know, I don't know. I would not have been able to successfully predict either Iowa or New Hampshire. And in Iowa, they they can't predict the results even after the the (laughs) caucuses occur. So I don't feel too bad about that. Um, But I'd, uh, you know, I I, I want to make sure that everyone knows there's an alternative to the president. Because, uh, you know, I think his his behavior is getting increasingly antic. and, And it just... We can't have it that nobody ever says anything other than what a beautiful new set of clothes that emperor has on. <laughs> in, in modern U.S. history, no incumbent
0: president has ever lost a primary nomination. The, the exceptions to this, of course, date back to a time where the primary process was vastly different in, in, than it is today. Some of those notable exceptions pre-modern era were presidents who assumed the office after the death of their right. predecessor. Folks like John Tyler, Andrew Johnson, Chester A. Arthur. Well, let me ask you sir why embark on this seemingly uphill battle
1: well there's another statistic which is that when a sitting president has run for re-election in the modern era uh, even if they didn't lose uh, the new hampshire primary if they had a primary challenger uh, all five lost all five who had a primary challenger the one i was deeply involved with uh, with was george bush 41 who uh, was challenged by pat and Pat got 37% of the vote, nowhere near a majority in the New Hampshire primary. And it was just the beginning of a long slide down for my great friend, George Bush, 41, who just a month and a half earlier had been at 91% popularity both parties nationwide. Remember, that's when he, he and Colin Powell had just won the first Gulf War. Sure. So things can happen in, uh, in politics, and uh, it's been a very enjoyable ride, and uh, it's going to continue. You are a man of
0: much accomplishment, You've not only had a front seat to so much history, but you've also made history yourself. As you seek to enlarge your pool of support uh, from voters and those endorsing you, are you asking people to vote for Bill Weld or against Donald Trump?
1: No, I'm asking them to vote for Bill Weld. I mean, I'm the only economic conservative in the Republican Party now. Certainly the only one running for president. But after, you know, the regular trillion-dollar deficits in Washington, I'm not sure who any other... Uh, economic uh, conservative in, in the Republican Party would be other than George Will, and he doesn't hold elective office. But, you know, when I was in governor, I was ranked the most fiscally uh, conservative governor in, in the United States. And that's coming after Mike Dukakis in Massachusetts, which until I got there used to be called Taxachusetts. So that was a change. And, and that's a big, uh, that's a big uh, part of uh, my platform is that, you know, being fiscally conservative used to be associated with the Republican Party, and we've really cut loose from our moorings there. Uh, Frankly, uh, the Republican Party always used to be um, uh, identified with environmental protection and worrying about things like clean air and clean water, and that has taken a direct 180 under this president. You know, he gets a lot of credit for deregulation. Half of the stuff that's been deregulated has been clean air and clean water. Yeah. And, you know, you look out the window, even in this beautiful city, and uh, if there's an inversion, you know, you see a lot of smog. It's almost like Los Angeles. Talk, talk to Utahns for a moment. Utahns, we have a track record here
0: of being open to, quote, other options. In 2016, Evan McMullen here earned nearly 22% of the Utah vote. Keeping, yeah, and Evan it, Evan you know,
1: is supporting me, I would point out. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, His effort kept President Trump below 50% here in the state. Uh,
1: Why should Utahns consider Bill Weld? Well, I've loved the state for a long time. I was a close uh, colleague of Brent Ward when he was the uh, U.S. attorney under Reagan uh, together with with me. Uh, I spent a lot of time out here in the last cycle, got to know uh, the people, uh, got to know uh, the geography, uh, and uh, one, one thing uh, that I did uh, when I was here years earlier with a law firm was I went fishing in the Middle Fork of the Provo. Maybe you can help me the answer to this question. Sure. I caught a fish that everyone there said was a Bonneville white, uh, white fish, and my guy, uh, Joe Hunter, who's my uh, national press person who lives in Park City, says there's no such thing as a Bonneville white fish in the Middle Fork of the Provo. Can you set us straight on that one? I, I wish I could. I am, uh, I am not the angler, and I
0: apologize for that. Uh, Let me ask you a a few final questions here. Your recent attempt to seek public office before uh, the effort uh, you're engaging in currently was done under the libertarian banner. You were, of course, the running mate to libertarian nominee Gary Johnson during the 2016 race. You've now come back to the Republican Party. Can you talk to us about uh, the story of your uh, moving from party to party? What are the ideals that remain, the libertarian... ideals I've, remain
1: i've self-identified and publicly identified myself as a small l uh, libertarian since i was in law school and took up reading uh, friedrich hayek so i have absolutely the same set of positions that i had in the 16 race and nothing ever changed there frankly uh i i you know we heard a lot last time are you guys just spoilers uh and i wanted to be sure that this time there'll be an answer to that question no i'm going directly against mr trump and every vote that i get is going to definitely come out of his hide so there'll be no spoiler and uh, mucking up the works uh, uh, questions this time and i'm glad i did it it, it uh, feels more real in a way although <clears throat> as i said earlier i also have some sympathy for the notion that we would do better going forward if we did have a, a viable third party as well as the R's and the D's, unless the R's and the D's change their relationship in Washington. But right now, it's, it's terribly sick. It, it's a, a spiral death embrace. It's an embrace only because they need to demonize each other to raise money to get reelected. And then once they do, then it's back to uh, hammer and tongs, which doesn't help the people one little bit. Governor sir, I'm grateful for your time. You're running for president as a Republican against Donald Trump, and
0: you're here to share that message with the folks in Utah. I'm grateful for your time. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, sir. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding.